Welcome to Better Words, a podcast for readers who want to know the stories behind the pages. We're your hosts, Caitlin and Michelle, two book nerds who bring you in-depth conversations about writing and publishing from those on the inside. Basically, we're just here to talk about books. We're so glad you're joining us. Welcome back to the final episode, (laughs) yeah, our longest episode, our funnest episode, Um, the one that we usually keep as a bonus, but we decided to include to wrap up our short reread season. Um, I'm excited. I love doing these episodes. Yeah, they're so fun. It is just because it's just us and just all of our recommendations and the things that we liked which is great I always you know this is where we started which is just talking to each other about books I know (laughs) I don't want to jinx it either but I always think when we do these episodes I'm like oh who would really care what we have to say we're just two people who like reading you do know what I mean like I always think oh like I get a bit nervous if we've not got an author because I'm like oh it's just us but consistently our stats show that our wrap-up episodes like our 2020 wrap and our 2021 wrap like they are the most listened to episodes so I guess maybe we're doing something right um yeah I think (laughs) people people like a big bulk list of recommendations yes so that is what this is so if this is like this will either you can either listen and be like oh yes they picked stuff I loved or add to your list to read this year um and honestly if you have loved these things please come tell us which also, we should tell you something else that we're doing now as well. Caitlin, do you want to share? Yes, um, I'm excited, but this is very much a Michelle idea, so she should take credit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, we are starting a newsletter again. We used to do a newsletter, oh, like many moons ago. Um, and we did it ago. monthly, which was super hard. Um, no, we didn't. It wasn't monthly. It was more frequent than that. We're doing it monthly now. Um, anyway, this is a long way of saying we're starting a newsletter again. It's going to be on Substack. I have subscribed to a couple of people's newsletters on, sub- on Substack, but I'm excited to sort of get in there myself. Um, yeah, it is fun once yeah. you've got the app as well. Like we recommend getting the app, guys, because we might use – they have a chat feature. So uh, – like updates that I will include the link obviously to our new better word subscription but if you have a look at my profile on there you'll see that I've bought back the unfinished bookshelf basically this is why I came up with the idea for our sub stack because I just wanted a place to talk about books again yes I have that here but I wanted to be able to write about books as well and I wanted to do some writing that wasn't you know constrained by word counts or particular style or marketing or anything like that so it was just a way to sort of go back to those blogging pre-Instagram days. Michelle's going back to her roots and basically doing whatever she wants on a blog-like newsletter. Um, And And our newsletter will be a bit more um, like quick recommendations and Yes. Other things well, actually, that are what we're going and... to do is we're going to bring back what we used to do on Instagram lives, which we stopped doing because it was a lot of work. And honestly, like Instagram lives, like it's just, oh, no, we didn't. Yeah, like, let's be honest, really no one watches it. Instagram lives, like yeah, not anymore. We did anyway. it and we didn't it's fine. enjoy it. We didn't enjoy it, but we did like wrapping up our favorite things. So what we're going to do is we're going to do that in written form. 
and it will be a monthly recommendation. And I, I think it'll be like our three top reads of the month, something we loved listening to, something we loved watching on TV and something we loved, like a movie we loved. Um, and then we'll probably try to do something that's like outside of that as well, whether it's a recommendation for some other random thing you know, whether it's a yeah. shop we love, like, or, a, like, I don't know, like a snack or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something, something is so random. Something else we've been loving during that month. Um, and you, if you've got the Substack app, you can leave comments. So you can get it and read it as a newsletter in your inbox. But if you have the app, you can leave comments and we can have a bit of a chat. And then we might do something similar to what I've been doing on my unfinished bookshelf profile is you can have actual chats outside the newsletters so I've started doing like a a monthly like what have you liked reading this month and you just have like a casual chat in the comments it's like a group message sort of thing which is quite nice and um we've recommended um some and if you have a look at the subscriptions that better words recommends then you'll see that there's a lot of other bookish people whether they're authors or other bloggers um that we've recommended and we're looking forward to sort of getting to know all of them and everything and and just sharing more of our favorite things with you because obviously also we we do share things on the podcast but um the reason why we started doing those monthly wrap-ups is we obviously don't podcast all the time anymore but we're always consuming stuff so this is a way to like give you extra recommendations share extra bits we loved outside of when we're podcasting yeah I'm really excited to do something like this again because even um just like generally on my own Instagram I feel like in 2022 I was very busy at work and at some point I like completely fell off and I just there's so many books and stuff that I read this year that I just never posted about and I even had in my head that I was like oh I really want to post about like a few that I read at the end of last year like I posted on Instagram while we were overseas because I was like I'm doing awesome shit um (laughs) But then when I got back, suddenly I was like, oh, you know, that, you know, you kind of um, have the thing on Bookstagram where you feel like you need to post about every book that you've read. And so I've just kind of scrapped 2022. I'm starting fresh from 2023, but I just want to think about it less and just share things that I've enjoyed reading or watching or listening to or doing or whatever, because that is, it's just more fun that way. And I used to do it. Yeah. I used to love doing that. Like, I used to post on Instagram about, like, if I was obsessed with a TV show or something. Yeah. And I feel like at some point yeah. in 2022, I just stopped talking to people about the things I was watching and listening to, which is some of my favorite things to do. So why did I stop? <laughs> yeah. Like, we still kept talking about things on the podcast, but yeah, it definitely, I feel the same. Like, I definitely, I pulled back from Instagram just in general. So for me, also, like, yeah you know there is a thing with books around where everything had to be super perfect and super curated and you and I both would do lots of book shoots and stuff and I don't really have the energy for that anymore which is why Substack appealed to me because I just want to be able to write about them and I want to and I it won't be every book I read whereas like you know if there's a book that I think oh that was really good I'd recommend it but I don't I, I want my reviews on Substack for the unfinished bookshelf like there are things where there's like a couple of issues I can have a media chat about it link out to some things so yeah yeah. I mean this is the thing isn't it anyone who's been on bookstagram for anywhere near or even less the amount of time that we have will know that it obviously has evolved and obviously some of that involvement uh, more recently is like reels and tiktok and things like that Mm -hmm. but um I think the way we all use 
bookstagram particularly not just instagram and like book blogging and things like that has changed a lot over the years like we used to do those like challenges remember and you'd post like all pink books or like whatever and and so I think it's just like we're evolving again and so we're not thinking about it we're doing the newsletter yeah something that I hope that we'll be able to give you and hopefully we do this already is and and like yeah hopefully everyone who's listening you sort of can see how much thought that we try to put into the books that we pick for the podcast and for discussions and even what we recommend we really do try to think about what we're recommending and we we also really try to feature like debut authors or you know we we try not to we had discussions about doing book clubs this year where we both read like a taylor jenkins read book and then we thought sort of said well she doesn't actually need to sell any more no books, one needs you know? that recommendation from us we're all reading it anyway you know yeah so we like... are really thoughtful about trying to promote books that maybe don't have the the biggest i mean <laughs> as you know obviously everybody's talking about sorrow and bliss now but caitlin had that first for us like she was like this book's gonna be huge my point here is i hope that we can can continue to do that with the newsletter because i do feel like on tiktok especially on book talk uh it's just the same books over and over again yeah and so we do want to bring you you know we do a lot of research into what we're and obviously sometimes we do research into books we would love to feature on the podcast and it doesn't work out with timings or you know we don't get an interview and that's fine um but we do try really hard to have a lot of different styles of books maybe yeah maybe those under the radar recommendations so also if you are sick of seeing the same like five books recommended on tiktok then maybe subscribe to the sub stack as well because i can promise there will be a lot of variety for young adult and adult like just like we do on this podcast so much different variety um so yeah we're looking forward to doing that and we're going to start at the end of january um so very very soon so make sure you're subscribed and i'll leave the link in the show notes so okay before we dive into last like before we dive into the actual recommendations Caitlin just like how was your reading year last year like just give me like a couple of words what like when you look back on your reading year did you do any sort of wrap up on stats like how many books did you read all that sort of stuff oh okay so I did um another thing I'm going to be better at in 2023 is using Storygraph I yay I love Storygraph (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. And I, I would go through phases where I'd be like, oh, that's right. And I would sort of like bulk add some books. And so I didn't have my stats for 2022 are technically all there, but like I didn't like rate to any of them or anything. I don't you know. Rate so I don't really do yeah. that anyway. But um, okay, I think I read f- 50, like five, seven, something like that. Um, Ooh, nice. Which is you know not my best year but it's obviously not horrible um because I that's I read a lot of books um I definitely read a lot of like light books the funniest thing was in um on Storygraph everyone who's on Storygraph hopefully saw like the 2022 wrap-up thing and there was one graph that had like the moods of the books over the year and the weirdest thing was is there was a dip in like July and April where it was like oh these books were like dark and tense and I was like what happened there (laughs) that's strange (laughs) but I must I crammed them all into the middle of the year and like the rest of the time it was like seemed really like light lots of romance lots of fun books um so I don't 
mine went maybe light that was just winter very <laughs> my, mine went from very light in january in a dip in february and then sort of like leveled out in the middle like for most of the year and then like july august september like another dip down and then sort of in the middle and my um wrap up when I when it says you know what books you like it's always like she likes books that are like emotional um dark <laughs> like, it's all like dark stuff because I I guess I do Maybe read a lot of like you emotional... just read a bit more crime than me or something I don't know I like or I don't just, like, have contemporary any that I then rate as being like emotional or something emotional yeah. dark and mysterious are the books that mainly reads fiction books that are emotional dark and mysterious um so yeah like I I loved seeing that and I only managed 50 books but that was my goal so I was quite happy with that and I literally finished my last book on the very last day of the year so just just getting in there with that um yeah so I'll link our story graph profiles as well why not um yeah should because I'm (laughs) going to be better at it and I want people to be friends with me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy Storygraph and I'm doing the challenge this year, um, just like the general, how many books do you want to read, which I think I just put at 50 again. But there's also another one that's like, read something you own for once. And um, it just is like 12 books off your bookshelf. And I I like the idea of having the accountability of actually reading books off my bookshelf. So, yeah. Yeah. I read some really great books last year though. Like really, really great. And that's the other thing we should say before we dive into the recommendations is that we challenged ourselves to find um favourite adult books that we didn't feature on the podcast. We actually couldn't do that with our young adult books because neither of us read as much young adult last year. Read much more YA, which is so (laughs) strange. And even I was even thinking about this again, like checking our notes and everything before we recorded. And I was like, oh God. And we've even technically got books that like we read and we didn't even feature the book on the podcast, but obviously we had the author back for reread or something. So I'm like, oh, it still counts as like a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So we're trying because you know that we've said like we said in our last I think episode, the only thing this says is that we featured a lot of YA authors on Better Words yeah. this year which we do always and we love having them so uh maybe that was just a lot I don't know oh you know what it is is that we didn't do a full season in the second half of the year and, and we, didn't read as much we tend extra. to have more adult authors on that time mm. like when we do that yeah. so yeah, it wasn't super balanced, but anyway. But we're doing fiction first anyway. So would take you like away. to go first, Michelle? Oh, oh, oh I'll take it away. <laughs> you go. Okay, are we just doing one each? Yeah, one each. Yeah. We'll go okay. back and forth. Right. Uh, super quick recommendation because, again, most of them we've probably talked about before. Yeah. Or, you know. Okay, so I'm going to kick things off with... Um, Holly Bourne book so this book is Girlfriends by Holly Bourne and I think I did briefly talk about this in my wrap-up of what we read while I was away or what we did while I was away um yeah I think so yeah I love Holly Bourne's adult books I love her teen books but her adult books are just I guess maybe dark is the word that's like it, it there's always like an edge to them I guess and yeah, this one's such an interesting exploration of female friendship, which is like my favorite thing. And just really that situation about like, you are the main character in your own life. And how do you know what other people are going through 
it's it's so interesting and I just really got into it and could not put it down. So absolutely love that. And I love all of Holly Bourne's adult books if you haven't read them already. So now your turn, Caitlin. Um, mine I also mentioned in our reading while we were away, uh, and that is Babel, uh, which of I'm, course doesn't I'm really so need much interested. introduction. No, but I'm so interested in that this is one of your I mean, I guess we did make it hard because we said stuff that we haven't featured on the podcast, but on face value, this does not seem like a Caitlin book. So I'm fascinated that it's in your top three. Well, I think I think the thing is that um, when it comes to the end of the year and I think about what my favourite books of the year are, every year I kind of look back and obviously there are lots of books that I really enjoyed, but when I, when I try and think of favourites of the year, I think I often go to... Uh, like some of the more impactful ones, if that's... I can't really think of a better word, so I'm going to go with impactful. And Babel is obviously... It's... I mean, it's so long, and it's <laughs> um, very intense, and... But it's... And I know, yeah, technically fantasy, um, but not really, but historical. And... I don't know. I think it was... Um, I mean, it's very moving, and uh, so clever and interesting and really powerful to read. And so I think that's why I was just like, oh, when I was thinking about, like, this, that will, when I say the rest of mine, you'll be like, oh, it's like the books that, like, were really, like, deep and made her think. <laughs> Even though it's like, you know, all the other, like, super fun ones I absolutely love reading but yeah so my second book is another one that I mentioned before uh Cat Lady by Dawn O'Porter again a bit like Holly Bourne there's always an edge to these books but like the most unlikable characters but also I just could not stop reading and it, this one is a really interesting look at the roles we play as women I can't remember have you you've read it now haven't you yeah so I have so that is what is different since our overseas episode is that I have read it I read this book um over Christmas um and gave it uh to my uncle I hope he likes it he probably hasn't read it yet (laughs) but um (laughs) but yeah I really liked it and it was so funny because I mean anyone who knows me probably knows I'm not a cat person not that that really matters for what this book is about but it was just funny that I was like oh I'm reading a book called Cat Lady and not my whole family was like what <laughs> it's really well done so yeah I love again love Dawn O'Porter's work yeah um my second one I mentioned at the start of the well not the very start of the year but at some point earlier in the year and that's All My Mothers um which is a beautiful novel about this woman and like all of the important important women in her life that are like mother figures and everything it was just this is a book that really made me think about the fact that whenever a book is someone's whole life you think sweeping (laughs) such a sweeping story (laughs) um but i really can't it's like you know it's been months i still can't think of another word but it yeah i actually saw someone reading this book when i was at cataract gorge park in launceston we were there for like a swim and i saw someone like had it on it was like this hot day in launceston and someone had this book and i forget the person next to them also had a book i read but i forget now but i was like oh this is great i love seeing what people are like reading like at the beach but it wasn't at the beach you know and that book is has been a favorite for one of my other friends as well so i definitely need to check that out 
soon because it comes so highly recommended from you from you both um the third book I have actually picked one that we had on the podcast because it was just such a fun and refreshing thoughtful yeah and refreshing rom-com and we spoke about all the reasons why in that interview um and it's Yinka Where Is Your Husband by Lizzie Damalola Blackburn absolutely just yeah just one of those ones where you like simultaneously love it but you just want to shake the main character and say like what are you doing (laughs) Ah! (laughs) um but it's so cleverly so cleverly written um loved all the little interludes and I really like the way religion was dealt with in a rom-com um and we we do have a big discussion about that in the interview so if you're interested to hear more obviously go back and listen to that but yes still one of those books that I yes it was a fantastic chat with Lizzie and I definitely like highly recommend that book it was so good um my third fiction book is The Seven Skins of Esther Wilding by Holly Ringland and again oh my god I just realized these are all books published by HarperCollins (laughs) (laughs) oh well oh my god this is my problem I've I cut out the podcast and then I couldn't cut out now you only have one Um, book okay guys yeah sorry I technically (laughs) only worked on the campaign for Babel um but yeah I did no I absolutely loved uh The Seven Skins of Bester Wilding I haven't read Alice Hart yet, actually. I think I want to get to it in 2023. But, oh my god, if you have been nervous, maybe, about, like, reading Holly's second novel, or if you're, like, wondering what all the fuss is about, honestly, read it. It's so good. And, I mean, it sort of re-inspired my idea to get a tattoo, and I did. So, you know, it's a pretty special book. (laughs) It's life-changing, yeah. Um, And I (laughs) am definitely looking forward to reading it, because you gave it to me for my birthday. So that is on my to read pile of with the uh many other books that I have um yes million others (laughs) okay so let's move on to young adult category is and we will yes young adult we'll speed through these a bit quicker because as we said we had all of the authors on the podcast and Mm -hmm. so there are much more in-depth conversations uh a click away if you wish to hear them uh your first one michelle Unnecessary Drama by Nina Kenwood simply because it is like the inside of my brain. <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, mine was Livy Lawrence, Inside of My Brain. <laughs> <laughs> Love and that. So that, um, was, that was uh, such a good chat as well. Yeah, so fun. So sorry, that was Libby Lawrence is Good at Pretending by Jodie McAllister. Uh, another one for me, Blood to Poison. A um, bit of an unusual recommendation or favourite for me because it's so far out of my usual comfort zone. But I think that's also why it's stuck with me. As you said, when picking favourites, it's the things that sort of, I guess, have this impact on you and that you're still thinking about. And I just loved the way that South African legends were created and interwoven um, in this story and the idea that it was like a standalone as well. I mean, so many fantasy like we see as series and that puts me off as we know I don't like series, um, but really enjoyed reading it. My second was The Cult of Romance by Sarah A.U. Um, I think that one made it crack to my favourites because, again, similar to what we were saying about Where Is Your Husband, is that that sort of fresh take. It's a YA novel Ooh. about going to your best friend's wedding. Fascinating. I loved it. So my third one was Sugar by Carly Nugent. Really, really well written. Um, so many issues. I love a book that 
has a great storyline, has this really complex teenage character and all these other issues involved. And yeah, another one that I just couldn't put down. Yeah, that was a complex story. There was so much going on, but yeah, I loved that book as well. Yes. My third is technically middle grade, <laughs> but um, that's August and Jones by Pip Harry. And oh, I just found it so moving. Yeah, I can't wait to read that one. And like even just hearing her talk about the inspiration, which she can listen to. So nonfiction. Yes. Nonfiction, I actually, for the first time ever, I feel like uh, the last couple of times we've done these wrap up episodes, I go, okay, nonfiction. And I read four nonfiction books in a year and I've got to <laughs> choose a top That's three me. out of those four. That's me this time. I've read the least oh, amount of I had a few more. Um, that I I had a few more in there that I was like, oh, and I had to sort of ch- pick and choose, but I still didn't have that many. Let's be real. Um, but the ones I'm going to say on the podcast. So first, How to Be Perfect, um, by Michael Share. That was so so good. Like still thinking about it. Like the um, I talked about it at the very beginning of the year. So quick thing is obviously Michael Scher is the uh, TV writer who created The Good Place and this How to Be Perfect book is all about the philosophy and morals and ethics and everything that he learned about that sort of sparked the idea for the TV show and also he learned about while writing on it and working on it and I think about it all the time uh, because one of the examples is like how simple it is to be a good person is like putting your shopping trolley back and so I think about it every week when I put my shopping trolley back oh that's so cool yeah yeah um yeah so I oh my god I loved that there's another book (laughs) about from like the good place and philosophy or something that I think I want to read as well I forget who read it now but there's like it was so so fantastic oh and fun um, I don't know if you've listened to Just the Gist wrap up, but uh, Jacob said this was one of his favourite books of the year as well. So, <laughs> Very good. Love that. Good taste. Um, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so my, um, my first one is one that I also think I mentioned um, in our end of UK trip wrap up. And it's also the first, it's what made me think I wanted to write about books again on the unfinished bookshelf. So I'll link to the yeah, post you had that stuff I wrote to say. about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Literally, I and I wrote that in the, the post being like, this was one of the, I think I saw about five people while I was reading it and I brought it up in every single conversation, even with non-bookish people. And one of those people, one of those friends downloaded it. And then when we caught up again, she was like, oh my God, I'm reading that book. It's really good. So, you know, it just was one that I was thinking about and talking a lot about. I was talking to Jack about it. Um, So I can't even remember now if I just said the title, but it's Why Did You Stay by Rebecca Humphreys. And yeah, just a really interesting, literally a question that no matter how feminist we are, no matter how much we believed we, you know, are past victim blaming, I think um, we all may have that question flick through our minds, even if we instantly realise how shitty it is as a question. Um, so if you've ever wondered why someone could stay in a relationship that wasn't good, then you should read this. And the other thing that I say about it in the review that I've written, which I think is important to talk about, obviously it could be triggering, but it's not as, it's not as heavy as some other books out there on 
uh, toxic relationships or domestic violence. And that's something that Rebecca grapples with in the book. She's like, he didn't hit me. He didn't beat me. Um, It was all like gaslighting and sort of really chipping away at her self-esteem and that sort of emotional abuse, which absolutely still really horrible and really horrible to recover from but I think when you're looking for books to read on that subject that sort of means there's still a lot of lightness and funniness in here and it really also is about her learning to build up her self-love again um so it's not as dark as like there are some books that I've put off reading on these subjects because they're they're really hard to read because they are so dark even though they're important to read so I think there's still a lot of lightness yeah, and she writes in a really humorous way it's not as way. taxing yeah as it's definitely some other yeah. books in this area maybe yeah my second one is actually also a book that is like super, super dark but still light and funny uh because it's friends lovers and the big terrible thing by matthew perry i did read this late in the year but i think it actually really stuck out to me because i didn't know what to expect in some ways and i really think that uh matthew perry's on just like honesty about everything while also uh being really like appreciative of his career and how like he's amazed that he never like fucked anything up that badly um like on the set of friends or any other show really yeah yeah I think it just really struck me and I know a lot of um discussion around this book like I've seen is you know he comes off really really badly and he's treated every girlfriend he's ever had like terribly or something and I'm like yeah but at least he's honest he knows is he, so, is he self-aware yeah is he self-aware he's about very that self-aware about how awful he was and like just as an example i suppose he dated julia roberts in the mid 90s early mid 90s she reached out to him (laughs) um and they she was going to be on friends and they started dating before that and so by the time they were like filming the friends episode that she's in which was like a super bowl episode so like a really big deal um they were already together and they dated for a while after that and everything and he says like at some point he was like she is julia roberts massive massive movie star most beautiful woman in the world what is she doing with me i better stop this before she does kind of thing and he's like and that was a bit of a silly decision but like he knows that he just did that because he was insecure and scared and like so he broke up with her and it's like now i'm the guy who broke up with julia roberts you know (laughs) (laughs) and like i guess to come to that point as well like he's obviously done a lot of therapy to be able to see those things as being wrong and I think like I think it's fine to come off like an arsehole in that situation when you're aware that that behavior is he's he's very he's aware he's an arsehole he's fine (laughs) and I just think I really um thought it was very interesting how honest he was about his experience as an addict because I guess like a lot of people are but maybe like to really like lay it all out there and like one part is that yeah like and still is obviously and like one part um that really has also like stayed with me is he says his father was also an addict not quite as extreme as him mainly uh dealing with alcohol and things like that but um he says that his father's like wife um 
He had like one particularly bad night or something. His father's wife was like, is this how you want to live your life? And he says he went for a walk and never drank again. And he was like, fuck you. <laughs> I've spent so much money on rehab and like every and everything. And you just went for a walk and never drank again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that is I thought that was quite interesting yeah. as well yeah 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 um my second book is red-handed um based on the podcast that I'm going to recommend later by Saruthi Bala and Hannah Maguire um this is written in like a really conversational and fun way um so if you listen to the podcast you know immediately you're probably going to like it I obviously saw some criticism I do think it's probably aimed at people who are like fans of the podcast or have listened to the podcast, they basically go into a lot of, I guess, reasons why people become killers. So different, you know, disorders and stuff, and they use certain cases as examples. Um, So, you know, they did a chapter on cults and they talk about the Manson family and all that sort of stuff. But I, um, I sort of raced through it. I really enjoyed it. There's definitely like more detailed books out there, but I personally loved it because I really enjoy the way that they write things. And I think, again, it's quite light despite the subject matter. It doesn't get super heavy, but yeah, probably wouldn't recommend if you're not a fan of true crime podcasts already. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I really it. liked it. Yeah, that's probably not your thing, Caitlin, but yeah, I really no, it's enjoyed not me. it. That's fine. Uh, my third book is I'm Glad My Mum Died by Danette McCurdy. Um, again, just it obviously it was massive and lots of people were reading it and everything and I was very intrigued and I bought it like when the physical copy was available in Australia. I was very excited to read it and it is written so, so well. It is, oh my god, it's just like an incredible account of her own life, but the way it's, obviously she's dealt with a lot of horrible things, but the way it's written is just fantastic, and it's so, so well done. Um, so yeah, if anyone needs an extra reason to pick up a hyped book. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, I really It's worth it. <laughs> yep. Um, and I'm pretty sure that I recommended this in one of our episodes right at the start of the year. It was one of my first reads of the year. Um, and again, it's linked to another recommendation later on. And that is Parsnips Butted by Joe Lycett. Just because I love Joe Lycett and I love the way that he sort of trolls people in really funny ways, trolls scammers. And this book is basically his correspondence with different people um, sort of trolling them for for good, I guess. You'll, you'll see like in all of his stuff and like in his stand-up he like trolls scammers and stuff like that like wastes their time um and I just really enjoyed it I really enjoyed it you know I love a comedic memoir and yeah it just I can't get enough of what he does and also I didn't read that many non-fiction books this year (laughs) so Um, we have some fun is just an excellent title (laughs) I know it's so good um so we have some rapid fire categories as well. So Caitlin, favorite cover? Tiny Uncertain Miracles by Michelle Johnston. So it is a HarperCollins book. I did work on the campaign, full disclosure. Um, but it is a unjacketed hardback, white, gold shimmering foil. Because the book is about a scientist who discovers that he, like his bacteria are producing gold. So the front cover of the book is like golden bacteria. It's like all oh speckly God. and like... So it's just like shimmery, all gold foil, just so beautiful. And the pattern is like tiny, tiny, like little specks of gold. Oh my God. That's so cool. It's stunning. Um, mine also has gold 
in it as well. It's the Lamplighters by Emma Stonex. That is a really beautifully, it's like really dark blue and red mixed in, but then the, because I got the hardback in the UK because um, I'm a sucker for a hardback, as we know, um, some gold foil sort of detailing as well. And then the pages of this edition were sprayed to continue that blue and red pattern. Um, and it was just really striking. The, the book you read that was the hype breed. Or the, the one that everyone's talking about. Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Did you like it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't um, sure what to expect. I mean, same. That's why we've got the hype category in here. Um, mine was Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Finally read it. Again, was like, mm, am I going to like this? Really loved it. Was like, damn it, all the hype is real. <laughs> yeah, I had the exact same reaction. I think I read Seven Husbands right before you. And the funny thing is, is that both Seven Husbands and book lovers were given to me by the same person, a friend from work who had just read them <laughs> and was like, yeah, they're super fun, but like the contemporary is not really her thing. So she was like, oh. you can read them. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Okay. So something that we recommend for each other. So I am recommending that you read the Jeanette Cody because I just think not only is the story of her life, I just say story, it's nonfiction, um, interesting and compelling. But I just think that you will really appreciate the writing style as well. Mm, I think the way it's all laid out. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know how you are with hyped books, so I'm, I'm just like, no, Michelle, <laughs> no, you should this read one it. I have, no, this one is one that I have been like, yeah, no, I definitely really want to read it based on I, – I guess that this is the difference too with when memoirs come out, especially celebrity ones versus hyped fiction, is that with memoirs we get a lot of insight into the stories and what's in the book. So – I'm sort of aware of some of the things that are talked about in the book and that makes me want to read it, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. That is different with fiction and nonfiction. Um, But yes, also side note on this category, even though this is supposed to be a rapid fire section, I found it really hard to choose a book to recommend to you because obviously we read lots of the same books for the podcast and just like authors that we both like (laughs) yeah we have such similar taste um and my my one to you I know is already on your list because when I told you that it was queer witchy YA you were like oh my god yes um so I'm gonna bring this down to you when I visit you in Sydney um and it is All Our Hidden Gifts by Caroline O'Donoghue um I have read the second one like I borrowed the ebook from the library and I've actually um, got the third one in the series, the final one on NetGalley. And I know you, I don't like series, but this this series is good. And I think you're going to enjoy it. Queer, witchy, YA, set in Ireland. Yeah, maybe we can do a little book swap while I'm down there. <laughs> yes, I think that will be happening. And then new releases we want to read. Again, I think these are both things that we both want to read. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, mine I put down... Uh, Love and Autism by Kay Kerr. Cover just recently revealed out in April. I'm very excited. I'm so looking forward to this one. Um, I've put down The Vintage Shop of Second Chances by Libby Page. This is um, by a previous guest. And I know we both really love Libby Page's work. Um, Just love her contemporary style and the way she explores things. So I'm sure that's on your list as well. Yes. I might just quickly add in here uh, new release we want to read. Both have spare on reserve at the library. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's funny though, isn't it? It's because it's one of those things where 
at this point, I don't, do I really want to read it? And then I think, oh, at this point, I don't know if I want to read it by the time my turn comes up at the I get library, it. but yeah, I'm like, sure I, I don't, don't want to buy it. I know. I don't want to buy it, partly because also the cover is terrible. And I mean, no offense to Matthew Perry, but that turns me off buying his book as oh well. Oh my God. Like, the Matthew Perry cover is terrible. <laughs> I completely agree. I... Even you know, if the they Curtis d- cover, oh brilliant. Like we need Stunning. more, so more good. memoir covers. It's my pet peeve is like, and I think this is what I enjoy about a, a UK celebrity, not a UK celebrity memoir, a UK comedic memoir like Joe Joe Lysett's is a photo of him with parsnips being thrown at his face. Like that's funny. And, and you know what? A celebrity memoir doesn't have to be an uh, like a just like a one pan photo of them. Like even a really recognizable celebrity. Like, one of my favourites, actually, recent, like, celebrity memoir-like covers, Tom Felton, that cover is awesome, mm. and mm-hmm. Gina Davis. Have you seen her book? I She's, like, having a cup of tea cover. with a bear. Oh, that's so cool. Well, exactly. see, Rob, Rob Beckett's book is called A Class Act, and it's him in, like, a three-piece suit, but in a, in a fish and chip shop, because the whole idea is, like, working class meets, like, upper class. Like, that's a funny shoot. And, like... Okay, Billy Connolly's Windswept and Interesting, that is just a photo of him, but at least it's, like, black and white and, like, the cover, like, yeah. Anyway, pet peeve of both of ours is just plain photos for the front cover. Um, And Spare is, like, the the title, great, but can you come up with a more interesting cover, please? Like, anyway, that's the least of that book's problems and the least of Harry's problems. Um, so maybe when we both read it, we definitely have to let you know what we think. Um, now our last rapid fire question is, uh, a book we own <laughs> that we want to read. And last year we did this one and neither of us have read those books. <laughs> so last year I said oh. Still Life by Sarah Women and you said Shuggy Bane by Douglas Stewart. And neither of us have read either. No. So they're still on the list. <laughs> But um, also, I've seen so many people, including Tobias Madden, say that Still Life is one of their favourite books of all time now, that now I really want to read that and I have a copy from you. So now that's on my book I own and want to read list. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Maybe we should read I know, it for the book club. Still Life is technically there. The we should. I've got to get to it. But um, I, yeah, so technically it's still Still Life, um, but also I'll just throw in um, I bought a copy, the anniversary edition of Looking for Al Brandy. And I've also I've never, never read that. I've never read it. And so I am kind of like, now, I'm so embarrassed at this point. Now's the time. I know. I feel like our great, our, both of us, our great love Oz way a shame is that we've never read Looking for Al Brandy. And so I've got to fix it at some point. But also I got a copy of Wahala from a secondhand shop recently and I know you told me that I would like it so I've got it now yeah yeah I will say with that one I was disappointed in the ending but for the most part really interesting book so I do think you'll enjoy it mostly till like 90% of the way anyway you'll see what I mean we'll see what I, I, I think can hear what you think um, okay. okay so non-bookish stuff now the fun bit but also the bit that is this is the hardest stuff to remember because I don't have the story graph equivalent for my tv watches and I literally was like what did I watch this year it is so hard to think sometimes I do because I watch like, so much because like... I write them down in um like my journal but I 
I still go back and I go, but what did I like? Because I just am often like obsessed with the most recent thing. And you know what? Doing the pod, doing the better words substack is going to help with this. I think we'll have a record for next year. Have more of a record, year. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you shoot first. Okay, my first one is Barry. So this is. I have no um, idea what this is. Yeah, so it is on binge uh, for anyone. Who has binge uh, stars Bill Hader as Barry. He also like created, writes, directs a lot of it. Like it's so so good. But the so here's here's the premise. <laughs> he is a assassin, um, and like ends up uh, when he's like sort of sent to like get someone. Uh, ends up in like an improv class, like an acting class of some kind, where Henry Winkler is the teacher, and then he like falls in love with acting. <laughs> And so uh, shenanigans ensue as he continues in this class um, and also some of those people get roped into his crazy life with, like, people who hire him to kill people and other illegal things. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but it is so, so good. There's three seasons. It's on binge. I think you and Jack should watch it. Okay, that sounds very good. Um, my first thing Jack and I watched on the plane over to the UK and then we bought the DVD and we rewatched over Christmas because we love nothing if not a cheery watch because it was Chernobyl, the HBO series. That was your Christmas um, rewatch? Yes. Because my mum oh was God. here and she, my mum was here and she doesn't have a DVD player and we wanted to show her it. So, and that's what we bought Jack's dad for Christmas. He will love it. Um, so it's brilliant, amazing storytelling. I've bought a book on Chernobyl now because I'm just fascinated by it I think one of the reasons it's so fascinating first of all because I never realized like I thought Chernobyl was like a massive big like explosion that like obliterated like Hiroshima like I thought it was a big explosion but it wasn't and so that was really fascinating and most of the cast is lots of famous British actors um, including like the guy who plays Professor Lupin and all these really famous people um, in it. But I think the other thing that's really fascinating too is I'm just always really intrigued by like communist countries in terms of like when you see things about North Korea or you see stuff about Soviet Russia and it's just so alien to the way that we live here now that it's just fascinating. So part of what's so interesting is you're in that world and you're learning more about Russia and I just think I just think it was absolutely fascinating I mean the way that they split up the episodes the storytelling obviously it's absolutely horrendous but it also does a really good job of paying tribute to all the victims and really honoring those who did do a lot and essentially gave their own lives to help stop it from being bigger because um, by working there and working there to stop the fire they all died within the next couple of years from their radiation exposure. So they did give their lives for that. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. I can, again, I can see why all the hype, what all the hype is about. I'm really glad we bought it on DVD because it's just a really moving series. Yes. A very serious one. Um, I mean, none of mine are really serious, but my next one is absolutely not serious. So my next one is actually She-Hulk attorney at law. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so obviously, I mean, anyone who pays like 
any attention at all would obviously know that over the past couple of years Marvel have been doing lots of TV series on Disney Plus and a lot of them are stretching out backstories for characters we will come to meet in sort of the main cinematic universe or they're sort of extra things for characters who are probably not going to be in the main cinematic universe as we sort of continue on but this one oh, this one is just pure joy it's a sitcom and Jen Walters is a lawyer but also a Hulk she Hulk and it was, yeah she Hulk she's she Hulk and she does you know uh, use her whole powers for good and like sort of like fight people and everything but it is just a sitcom but also it was so so good in the way that it played with all of the superhero tropes in that all of everything does all the time it played with how different it is being like a female superhero than a male superhero like like online trolls and guys being interested in dating she-hulk but not jen or everything and even at the very beginning i think this is in the first episode when she's like uh dealing with her hulk powers and she's bruce banner's cousin who's mark ruffalo in the main sort of movies and everything and he is trying to get her to control her powers and like everything like that and she's like i can control it i'm angry all the time this is not a problem i'm a woman (laughs) like it was phenomenal it was just like so good and it was so funny because i talked to my brother about all of these marvel things all the time and this is the first time that i think i liked like a show like more than he did and i was just like you just don't get it because you're not a woman (laughs) i was like this is phenomenal (laughs) it was fantastic i would even this is the only one that i would recommend to anyone who is not across like the marvel cinematic universe because you don't have to be. It's it is obviously still a superhero TV show, but it's a sitcom about a lawyer trying to do her job and date and everything while happening to be a She-Hulk. It's fantastic. Cool. I know that's on Jack's watch list as well. Um, that is my... one that you have to watch with him. I don't care about the rest of them. Obviously, that's too much background for you. But you should I sit down and watch this one with him. No, I don't. No. <laughs> Um, so my next one is The Dropout. I am obsessed with female scammer stories. We know this uh, from yeah. Listen to Justice This was Gist phenomenal as well. as well. I did watch The Dropout oh, and it was yes. fantastic. Amanda Seyfried plays it oh, so well. like so oh, good. She just does such a good job. And I think the way that it shows it's sort of all crumbling down around her, um, all the nostalgia for like the old iPod and all that sort of like early 2000s stuff was there. Yeah, that um, was pretty fun but she too. did such a good job. Such a good, like, yeah, just like totally brought that story to life. I was so interested to watch the TV show. I thought it was fantastic. My next one is The Resort. And this oh, was so, so good. So the resort follows this, like, couple. They've been together, I don't know, like 10 years or something like that, and they're on holiday together. And it's, like, their marriage is sort of crumbling, but they're, like, pushing through a bit. But they're on holiday together, and one of them finds an old flip phone. And they, as they are like, oh, that's so strange. And they sort of start to hear about like this legend from like the same resort where these two like 16 year old kids went missing like years before. And then she's like, oh my God, I have their phone. One of theirs. And so then they start to like look at the story. They end up contacting her father. Like they sort of like 
begin investigating with like the staff who used to work at the resort and who worked there so the show goes between both timelines and it is just so clever and the way it all comes together at the end is amazing and the cast is so so good oh my god um I'm going to butcher saying her name, but it's Kristen Malotti, I think, who was... She was in Palm Springs with Andy Samberg and uh, William Jackson Harper, who was on The Good Place. They're the two main characters. But, like, Nick Offerman plays, like, the teen girl's dad. Like, the cast is so, so good. It's a really, really great show. I guess it's, I don't know, mystery, drama, slightly mythical. (laughs) Like, there's a bit of, like, a, you know, there's, like, a touch of supernatural in there there's something in there but I don't really want to give anything away so it's fucking great (laughs) it's so so good (laughs) I was grouped week to week like we were like oh my god new episode tonight we've got to watch it what's gonna happen it was amazing so this last thing that is a favorite for me but not really a recommendation um and it's just something I've been obsessed with this year and it's taken me back to like my teenage years um (laughs) I feel so embarrassed sharing it but it's Holby City which is a soap drama that is no longer running in the UK and I've been watching it on um like a catch-up service they they put some episodes up and then they added some more um and I only started watching it because there's an actor who I really like who was in those episodes and I was like oh I've never seen him in this I'll watch it and then they added more seasons that he was in it's like one of his um, first roles or something so you will have no to go back. it's not no it's not no. Yeah, so but it's just I've never watched it because it's like a it's it's basically like the British version of Grey's Anatomy. So it's set in a hospital. There's various different wards. There's always you know like four or five different storylines per episode. Um, but I think the thing is like why I mean it, it's it's not even a favorite because he's in it um, because I enjoy watching his character. But obviously then I got hooked on the actual show. And I think, like, I used to watch All Saints when I was a teenager, the Australian one. I think So it's giving you All Saints vibes? A little bit, yeah. And I think, like, obviously Grey's Anatomy Anatomy is hugely popular. Um, So many people love that. This is, like, the British version of that. And I think there's something about the formula of a soap show where you can be sure that, you know, once they're engaged, someone's probably going to die and it's all this crazy stuff happens and yes it's ridiculous but there's also something comforting about the the tropes and the way that things will often play out um and I think this year like I was looking for stuff that was more comforting so it's not one that I would necessarily recommend with a show like that where like even when there's like a massive car crash or whatever at the end of an episode you go yeah but they're not like gonna die like (laughs) what's you know like it's more shocking if someone like actually dies but like there'll be like serious crazy things yeah that happen i think like you're still like they'll be like people do die in this but i don't know there's just something about like i i don't even know how to describe it but there is a comfort and i guess that's why when we read romance books like if there's a trope that happens like we're not disappointed that it follows the same route as what you would expect because yeah there's something comforting about knowing how the story will sort of play out um and 
like Jack just thinks it's the most ridiculous thing, but also like it's, it's one of those dramas where like, you know, they'd have like 50 episodes per season. (laughs) So he's always like, are you not finished this yet? And I'm like, no, no, I'm still in episode like, you know, so how many seasons are there? Well, I started watching it at season, halfway through season 16 when this particular person came in and I'm now in season 18 and I think there were like 22 in total, but he's only into the end of season 19. So I might stop watching after that. We'll see how I go. Right. So you haven't even like gone back to the Oh, I wouldn't bother going back to the I literally, I know, I I enjoy it now, but I'm not going to be bothered going back through. You know, Okay. In years I wouldn't of stuff. judge you I'm if you would. Much. People do that with like Grace. People, you know, this yeah, show's been on like true. 20 people years. People watch Grace. the whole yeah. thing. It's just something comforting. I don't know. I mean, yeah, if anyone's listening to this and gets what I'm sort of saying with it, there's just something comforting about it, but it does. Um, yeah, Jack's always like, oh my God, the acting's so terrible. Oh my God, they're overacting everything. And I'm like, yeah, but sometimes I don't want to watch like some Emmy nominated drama like yeah sometimes I want to watch Chernobyl sometimes I want to watch Holby City and just turn my brain off you know like um and also can I just say here and now that um there is a there is a show that came out on New Year's Day so technically not allowed to be in this wrap-up but I knew from the opening five minutes it would be one of my favorites and I've been waiting seven and a half years for this series to have the final season and that is Happy Valley so we are currently watching that as soon as each episode drops in the UK. Um, it's just superb. Some of the best TV I've ever watched. And I can't wait to tell you even more about it this time next year. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's my TV. Um, shall we say our honorary, like our joint favourite thing? Won't be a surprise to anyone. No, it won't. Three, two, one. Heartstopper. Heartstopper. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it doesn't need we did any a whole further episode explanation. On it. We did a whole episode where yeah. we discussed it. Um, so I'll link that. But, yeah, perfect, of course. Can't wait for season okay. two. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> movies. God, this was tricky as well. I watch even this less movies tricky. than I do TV. Oh. oh, yeah, same. And I find that, like, when I was, like, thinking about what I'd seen this year and, like, what was, you know, picking, like, a favourite because, like, I mean, it is the nature of it. You spend more time with a TV show than you do with a movie. And so often I'll be like, that was good. And then you look back and you're like, oh, but was it like a favourite for the year? Like, no. Yeah, so. I mean, that's how I felt about, um, like, was it Crimes of Grindelwald? I was like, mm, yeah, it was okay. I was annoyed I paid that much. Crimes of Grindelwald or Secrets of Dumbledore? Yeah. Oh, both. <laughs> yeah, whatever the last one was. I obviously don't care enough. The last one was Secrets oh. of Dumbledore, which was far That's better right, than I Crimes think, of Grindelwald. Yeah. Oh, it, but I still was, was like, better. I hope we're done now. They better not be making a fourth one. I think it's Yeah, done. I mean, it was still better, but my, so if I can say my first, so we watched Secrets of Dumbledore and then like maybe two weeks later, we went back to the cinemas and watched Downton Abbey 2 and we walked out of there and I was like, that is the most fun I have felt watching a movie in years like I felt so disappointed having paid money to see Secrets of Dumbledore um on like because we paid like once you add up the movie ticket costs and the popcorn it was like $80 to go to the cinemas anyway when we went to Downton Abbey 2 I was like that is genuinely I don't think I have smiled so much it was again tropes galore 
but that's what I wanted. It's done well. It's enjoyable. It's a really fun sort of romp. And like, it's just, ah, like he does, he, Julian Fellows does this amazing thing where he just takes these characters on these amazing arcs. And yes, you probably have to have watched Downton Abbey to sort of really feel everything that he wants you to in this. But you know, it just resolves so many different character things and it made me smile and it was a very similar plot to Sing in the Rain, I'll admit, but I loved it. <laughs> like it just, it was so I mean, nice you love Singing fun. in the Rain. I know. That's why I was like, oh, this is very similar. A talkie being made. Oh. <laughs> That's so um, fun. With an actress who has a really annoying voice. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's I where mean, it's similar. I think but, we kind oh. of launched into that without saying, like, that's, oh. like, your first movie. That's my first recommendation. Yeah, down to Nabby 2. Um, my first one uh, is West Side Story, uh, the version that did not come out in 2022, technically the end of 2021, but I did not watch it until 2022. Um, and I took myself to see it in the cinema. It was just, I mean, I love West Side Story, and it was just beautiful it was i mean it's such a it's heartbreaking every time but like the new version was just so good and it like every like little change that had been made i loved it but it just like felt so epic and everything and in a way that an old movie doesn't sometimes and so like there's still an obviously a charm to the old one but god i loved the the new version it was fantastic have you seen it no not. have you seen the i old really one? need to no, I've not. <laughs> oh. It is like I don't um I don't think it's my favorite musical or anything, but I think West Side Story is my favorite like movie musical to watch cuz often other musicals that are movies, I don't know, they feel different to me somehow. Like they're, you know, they're not as good as on stage. And granted I've never seen West Side Story on stage, but it's just like it really is quite a big cinematic story. I don't know. I think yeah. it suits being a movie very well, and that is still shown. Like it's still, it still does being made into a movie in, yeah. you know, now in twenty twenty one. Yeah, oh, I loved it. Um, so my second movie is actually a comedy stand up special uh, rather than a movie, and it is. Well, you watch lots of those, so I think that counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's movie length. Um, it's Joe Lysett's more, more, more. Um, I was so excited. I was very disappointed that we couldn't see this live because the dates didn't match up with when we were in the UK. So I was thrilled when he said he was putting it on sale on his website. We downloaded it the day it came out and watched it um, because I have been hearing him hyping this as one of his biggest prank things ever. So he reveals pranks and stuff that he's done. Uh, he's previously changed his name to Hugo Boss just to troll Hugo Boss um, and things like that. Like his stand-up specials are so funny and that's why I loved the book as well. So this one he's been talking about that he's been working on the thing that he's going to reveal for four years and people who've seen the show, like you're not meant to tell what the secret is. But also when you find out what it is, it's incredibly difficult to explain. Like you really can't just say it's not just a funny one-off. It is so involved. He has been working on this it for four years. It takes him and the so movie amount of time to explain. To explain it, yeah, to explain what he's been doing. And it's so fun. And it was about $20 Australian to download it. I'm going to make you watch it when I'm down in Sydney because it's just 
so much oh, fun. Great. And yeah, it was just such a great, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I want to do this more by stuff from comedians. I enjoy when they have their specials on sale on their website because it was just, yeah, it was so fun. I loved it. It was so good. I love watching stand-up specials. Very clever. He's, yeah, I just, I don't know how he has the patience. Um, My second one is also not a movie that came out this year, but I watched it this year, uh, is Being the Ricardos, um, all about Lucille Ball and her husband. And I had, have and, not heard of this at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Nicole Kidman played Lucille Ball and she was incredible. I still watched it being like, Deborah Messing would have been a great choice, but Nicole Kidman was also very good. But the movie, the structure of the movie is fantastic because it basically takes place over a week and, like, sort of, you know, flashes back a little bit and just, like, the, the recreation of, like, iconic scenes. That, like, I've never technically seen the I Love Lucy show, but, you know, the, like, scenes where she's, like, st- crushing tomatoes with her feet and, like, looking all crazy and it was really really well done I thought it was really well done obviously most of the storylines take place backstage at like the first sitcom ever which was fascinating but I just and granted I haven't really followed up with this and this is a good reminder for me to do that but I watched the movie and immediately was like looking up documentaries and books and things about her and about like their show and it's like the first sitcom ever like they created all of these things and I was just like ah, I was like completely like blown away which you know comes back to like the impactful thing that we've been talking about through this wrap-up I've really oh my god I'm like now I'm getting hyped up and I feel like I want to watch like a documentary about Lucille Ball like tonight like I want to <laughs> I've got to keep learning about her I didn't really continue on with that but I was so hyped up when I first looked it up I had like tabs open about like books about her and things like that for ages on my phone it was really really good um our joint third movie yeah uh genuinely I'm not lying when I say that Christmas day in our household was spent with Jack asking when this was going to be added to Netflix to which I said most of them come out at 7 p.m so stop asking me and then I woke I went for a nap and I woke up and he was like it's on Netflix let's watch it and that is Matilda Woo. The musical. <laughs> Matilda yes. Musical. Oh my god. I uh, yeah. on Christmas day. On Christmas day, we got on Netflix and I was like, oh my god, it's not here. Like <laughs> what? I just thought it was gonna be on from like the whole day. But um so I think I watched it on Boxing Day, but the amount of all over my like Instagram and social media and everything was people being like, Oh my god, finally on like Christmas Eve night, like oh, really? waiting to watch it. <laughs> yeah, heaps of people. God, it was so, so good. I'm so glad I got to see it on stage before we started. I, know. I think well. that's also why it's special too, because we had also just watched it again yeah. um, all together in London. And I just, the music is so clever. Tim Minchin has this cheeky kind of vicious little edge to a lot of the songs, which I think continues so the spirit. Good. Yeah. I, um, um, so Emma I watched Thompson it with my family. Was great. Oh, she was fantastic. Um, I watched it with my family and I had obviously just seen it in London and I forgot until like halfway through. Um, and my mum said something, I think that my mum and brother have seen it on stage as well because uh, a local school did a production in Rockhampton 
Um, yeah. So they've seen it on stage when one of the schools did it. And so my dad and my sister were the only ones who hadn't seen it. And um, I think we watched it on Boxing Day. So my dad had been watching the cricket all day. And we were like, okay, but we're going to watch Matilda now. And he was like, and like, but didn't get up and watched it with us. But very early on, he was like, oh, wow, you can hear like the Tim Minchin in the music and everything. So I think he was like, yeah. this isn't going to be a boring musical. I'll be fine. But they were like whispering to each other, trying to like guess the ending and everything. Because if anyone's watched it, obviously Matilda has this story she's telling the whole way through. Um, and you're a bit like, what does that have to do with anything? And so they were like whispering to each other. But yeah, I was just really glad that my whole family seemed to enjoy it because I had been joking for weeks that I was like, uh, we have plans on Christmas Day when I'm watching <laughs> this. I don't care what anyone says. I wasn't sure if they were actually all going to like it. So really is a movie for the whole family. Wonderful. And I don't, I don't want to sound like a snob, but Jack didn't like it as much as the stage show because um, he has seen it twice. I've seen it three times, which is fair. But I think it's it does a really good job of transitioning the stage show. And like you were saying before about West Side Story. I was And some things are easier to do in a movie, whereas some things maybe do feel a little bit more impactful on stage. But Mm. there were... I thought it was great. Like, like when we walked out of Back to the Future, the musical, and we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It's the most amazing, like, staging we'd ever seen. And I think it's because all that happened. Like production value? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I think to... Uh, I don't know. It 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 is hard to translate. I mean, I did think it was interesting that they got rid of the brother and they cut out some of the mum's songs as well. But it was still really wonderful. And I think if you've not been lucky enough to see the stage show, um, which you know it's so hard, especially if you live in regional areas, to be able to see stage shows and stuff. Um, and Matilda hasn't toured very much in Australia. Then no, you know, not, for, not since yeah. it like first opened. Yeah, yeah. I so think. I would just say if you do enjoy this and you ever get the chance to see it, you'll absolutely love the stage version. But yeah, it's such a great. I I really I liked it more than Jack. I think because um, he's turned into a theatre snob. <laughs> I love that Jack was like, oh, it's not as good as it was on stage. It's not as good. <laughs> but, yeah, incredible. I thought it was. They are very different mediums, so it is hard to compare yeah. on stage And, you know, I read something, I read a really interesting slate piece. This is the first time ever that this version of Matilda has had a, a Miss Trunchbull played by a woman because it's usually played by a man on stage. Yeah. Yeah, I'll link the slate article because it, it was a good read. Um it was very interesting. But yeah, yeah it is interesting. Loves Matilda. Um, okay, so final one. Again, quite difficult because both of us texted each other for our listening category, podcasts and music. And I was like, oh my God, I just listened to the same four podcasts on repeat. And Caitlin was like, oh my God, same. <laughs> so, you, and then I was like, oh, surely I didn't recommend this one last year. I did. So, it'll get re- recommended again. But do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, well, mine is super obvious. Um, my first. What could it be? <laughs> uh, uh, Midnight's Taylor Swift. Uh, very, very exciting. Got to listen to it at the airport. I'm pretty sure we talked about this in our overseas episode. So, yeah. and, it's also, and it's also no surprise to anyone. There was a new Taylor Swift yeah. album, top of my listening list. So, do you know what's a surprise though? It's actually been on repeat a lot for me, which has never happened. Yeah. So, yeah. That's been quite fun. Um, so my first one, also my recommendation from last year and linked to my nonfiction, which is Red Handed. The reason I recommended this again is because 
I listened, this like all I listened to this year, listened to hundreds of hours of them. And I loved it so much. It's the only podcast I've ever had a Patreon for because I wanted their bonus episodes. So clearly I love them. <laughs> Fantastic. My next one is a new rewatch podcast. I feel like half the podcasts in my rotation now are these like TV rewatch ones. And I just love it. I love the in depth and behind the scenes and everything. So the new one in rotation this year is And That's What You Really Missed, which is hosted by Kevin McHale and Jenna Oshkowitz, and it's recapping the lead. Um, And they only started sort of towards the end of last year, so they're not even all the way through the first season yet, but I was a little bit unsure if I wanted to do it because... Glee is one of those shows from the 2010s that, like, was very progressive at the time. And it was obviously very, it was very of the moment and quite progressive at the time. And there are lots of things that probably haven't aged very well. And there is a lot of controversy surrounding the cast um, in their lives. And unfortunately, and like, there's this awful, there's this, this documentary coming out soon called the price of glee which just sounds awful and all the cast are like rejecting it so i don't know it is obviously it's a big talked about show and like and it's ridiculous you know all these like big crazy numbers and everything but so i was a bit unsure about if i wanted to sort of get back into it but the first couple of episodes that they had was big interview with ryan murphy who created the series and so i started with those from those i really got the um impression that kevin and jenna are while they're going to talk about things that maybe haven't aged as well or like things that have happened since that have affected storylines and the cast and how things are represented and even you know music that was performed on the show like all of that stuff that with you know only like 10 years of hindsight we have but that they are really going to celebrate it because the show does mean a lot to me I loved it at the time so I'm I'm actually and it's been a while since I've watched it because all this controversy stuff's been happening it's not one that I watched it all the time and I had the DVDs like when I was in high school and uni and stuff, but I haven't watched it for four or five years maybe, which is crazy because I watched it a lot in the five years it was on <laughs> yeah. and perhaps not that much since. That's my like main new podcast in the rotation. My next listening one is music and it is an album called There's Nothing But Spaceman by Sam Ryder, who's like my new favorite person. I love him so much. Sam Ryder came second in Eurovision with the song Spaceman, which is brilliant. And Jack and I have been obsessed with him and a little bit in love with him ever since. Um, Caitlin, I feel like you'd really like his music. Yeah, I'm just super excited to hopefully see him live one day. I just oh, adore him brilliant my third is actually also like a new musical artist that I sort of like fell in love with this year and that is Maisie Peters and she I think her debut album was released where where are we at the like mid late 2021 or something and she was someone that like I sort of knew of and I was like I'd probably like her and so at some point I sort of I dove in and she's had released um, a few new songs this year and her second album is going to be coming soon. And I just really, really like her style of music. It's going to be so great. And you'll get to hear her live because she's opening for Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I can't wait. I will try and pick a few songs maybe to start you off with. There are yeah. three or four that she released like this year as like sort of singles like throughout the year. And 
they're so much fun, but I don't know if they're exactly your vibe, so I might try and pick something else for you to start with. Okay. But yeah. I'm very excited because, yeah, she's opening Ed Sheeran, who we'll be seeing very soon. I know. I'm so excited for this. Okay. Well, I will also send you some Sam Ryder stuff, but, like, this is one of the rare occasions where Jack and I like the same music because, as we know, this doesn't happen often. Um, and the last time this happened, it was The Lonely Island. So we're not used to liking <laughs> the same stuff. Um, and also the Euro- Eurovision uh, movie soundtrack. <laughs> My last thing is... A podcast, not a new listen because clearly I don't listen to many new things. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and this year I spent a lot of time re-listening to a lot of old episodes of this. Again, it's that comfort thing. I was craving a lot of comfort, especially in the middle of the year. Where I was really burnt out, and when we were moving house as well, like I just needed stuff that could fill my ears while I unloaded like a gazillion boxes. Um, and that is all killer, no filler. It is not for everybody. I will say like it is a comedy true crime podcast that is not for everybody, but I love these women. And sometimes when I'm cranky, like sometimes they start their episodes with rants about things. So sometimes when I'm cranky, the voice in my head is them. (laughs) They're just like no (laughs) bullshit. And I just, they're really funny. And I got Jack to listen to a couple of their episodes while we were driving around Yorkshire and, um, he was like, yeah, okay. I do like them. Yeah. So they're really funny. I was very disappointed again that both red-handed animal killer no filler had shows on while we were over there, but the timing just didn't work out. So one day in the future, hopefully we can see them live. Um, because yeah, also shout out to the book club that I found online. Thanks to all killer no filler. I joined a Facebook group from there. There's one just for like bookish like shoot off of that um and I joined an online book club this year and that whatsapp group has been just absolutely brilliant and it's been like a constant source of joy throughout the year um so yeah it's I think maybe that's also why this podcast just feels so special too yeah oh my god so an hour and a half later that concludes our wrap up of 2020 yeah (laughs) oh my lord Oh, oh my wow. goodness. I feel like we really went on and on there for some things, but you know, oh. oh well. I'll try and cut out little bits here and there, but it's a bumper episode. So um, yeah, we hope you enjoy that. We are planning our next season, which will take place before I hopefully move to the UK. Um, but until then, please come chat to us on Instagram chat to us on Substack now as well. Um, We will be putting out the first Better Words monthly wrap-up of recommendations um, at the end of January. So please do join us then. Yes, and we'll see you very soon for Better Words Season 10. Oh, my goodness. Double digits. We're going to end up being like those shows. Like, we're going to end up being like Holy City where it's like 22 seasons later. Yeah, and we're like, no, don't, don't go, go back, back to the beginning. Don't go back to the beginning. <laughs> yeah, On our reread, 10. I purposely didn't link to some very early episodes because I just did not oh, yeah. want I'm you sure to go back there. I'm sure the audio is so. awful. No. no, the reread is better. Um, but, yeah, season 10, we're very excited um, to really get cracking there and it'll be, you know, back to our sort of standard full, 12 episodes. like, 12 episode interviewing the authors about their current books everything um yes back to regularly scheduled programming (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for listening 
Thank you for listening to Better Words. You can chat to us on Instagram at betterwordspod. And follow me, Michelle, at Unfinished Bookshelf. And me, Caitlin, at Just a Bookish Babe. If you liked this episode, please share it with a book-loving friend and leave a rating or review. Thank you.